Got time for a quick story. Over the past few years, there have been 50th anniversary celebrations for some of the classic Beatles albums, like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and the White Album. In fact, the day that I'm recording this podcast, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road, September 26th. It was 50 years ago today, kind of a tease for the subject of this podcast, was the release of Abbey Road. Well... Sometimes I would take out one of my bass guitars at home. I got a couple, and I'm not a bass guitarist. I play very sparingly, but I like it. Every, every so often I'll like to play. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to play Paul McCartney's bass part. Let's bring up the albums and try to play along. One of those bass guitars is a Hofner violin bass, the type that Paul McCartney played. It's the entry-level version. It's the inexpensive one. This, is, this ain't the level of quality that Paul McCartney plays with on tour. Nevertheless... Thought, oh, I'll kind of play along in the McCartney-style bass, and wow, that's eh, out of my league. He played some intricate bass guitar lines, especially in the latter era of the Beatles. He is, just based on me trying to play along, I would, I, I, I would say he is one of the bass, best bass guitarists in the history of pop and rock music. So recently, I heard that someone else who's made... A living, like Paul McCartney, playing bass guitar, is going to be playing the music of McCartney and the rest of the Beatles. Jason Sheff was the bass player and sometimes lead singer, part partial lead singer of Chicago from 1986 until 2016. He's been on several of their hit singles. And he is now part of It Was 50 Years Ago Today. It's a tribute to the White Album that is touring around the country late in 2019. They're going to be at the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee on October 2nd, downstate from where I'm at here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And so we have Jason Sheff on with us on this edition of Got Time for a Quick Story, playing the music of the Beatles. And there are a lot of big names on this particular tour. Todd Rundgren is on the bill. Christopher Cross is on the bill. Mickey Dolenz and the Monkees, he's on the bill. Joey Molland was in Badfinger, and of course, they got their break thanks to Paul McCartney, associated with Apple Records. So a whole lot of interesting people on this tour. How did you get involved with this project? I just finished a, a solo record uh, that my friend, my great friend Jay DeMarcus of Rascal Flatch produced. And, you know, we have a lot of lot of history. I've known him for about 18 years. He produced Chicago 30. Uh, so this solo record is really an extension of that. We started this project right after Chicago 30, probably in 2007-ish, and just finished it. And so we've been just kind of looking uh, at places to go, uh, talking to uh, some agents and stuff. And the next thing we know, this uh, this agent sent me to the, one of the producers of this White Album tour saying, we're looking for a bass player who sings. And here is the company that you'll be keeping, Todd Rundgren, Christopher Cross, Mickey Dolenz, Joy Mullen. I said, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm 57 years old, so I, I, I'm in that generation that's just on the cusp of I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers. I'm technically a boomer, but really relate more to Gen Xers. And so I came up on this music, uh, watching the monkeys um, as it happened on television. When I started really getting into listening to the radio as a, as a, a 
just about to turn a teenager. Todd Rundgren's Hello, It's Me was on the radio. So, uh, you know, this is really a, a thrill for me because we're all in the club. We've all done some nice things in, in music, and it's just really incredible to be in this mutual admiration society. Was this the first time you worked with these four, or have you worked with any of them previously? I only... Christopher Cross was on the bill with us in Chicago uh, 15 years ago, I think, or something like that. So we did some live hits together, and then I played bass on a track for a record of his. A friend of mine was helping him, uh, asked me if I wanted to play on it. He wasn't there, and so... Uh, starting this tour was really great to be able to connect on that level. He thanked me for playing bass. <laughs> um, that's the only work I've ever done with anybody. But an interesting factoid is that my father's a bass player. I don't know if you know this. He's mm-hmm. one of the greatest bass players that ever lived. Session bass player. He was Elvis's bass player all through the, the Vegas years, the TCB band. My dad played bass on the Monkey's Head album. He played, I think, on a track. And he also played on two tracks on Todd Rundgren's Brent album, his second album. So how cool is that? I'm connected on all those levels with these guys. Oh wow, that's that's that is that's a, that's a small world syndrome fully engulfed right there. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And obviously with your bass heritage, and yeah, with with your with your father, with with the connections with Elvis and everything else, and of course your history playing all throughout your career. You are playing in a Beatles tribute show. How much of that? So obviously is playing Paul McCartney's bass line. Is that essentially the role you're doing? We got a guy uh, as the musical director who's the musical director of a of, uh, Broadway production, Rain, that's been around for over three decades. And they're as good as it gets as far as recreating the sound. So Joey Curatolo is the musical director, and he plays multiple instruments and has the parts just really dialed in for the sound, a lot of the sounds and, and certainly the feels. And so I asked him early on, I said, Tell me how much of this do you want me to really 100% lift? Because I will if that's what we're doing. I didn't really think that's probably the best thing for us to do um, because Rain already does that so wonderfully. And you get five distinct artists, uh, such as what we're doing. Um, I, I was just hoping that it would just be a little more open for a, a, a interpretation, not in terms of feel and the sonics of it, but Joey was great. He said, yeah, he goes, no, yeah, no, right? <laughs> he said, there are signature parts, absolutely, but in between all that. So I said, this is wonderful. This will be a hybrid of it. So when you come and see the show, there, there are times like we'll be starting songs, and it's like, wow, that's the record. There's the, there's the essence of the feels and the sonics of it. But then once we start layering ourselves over top of it, our own personalities come out. But I really think as a bass player, I'm even though I'm not playing note for note, I am definitely inspired and influenced by McCartney's playing. And I think even the, the fills and the notes that I play are very McCartney-esque. Well, and I every so often I'll dabble dabble around on a bass guitar I have at, at home, and I'll try to play along with some of McCartney's parts, especially '67 and on. And I notice, whoa, they get at least for me, anyways, as a pure amateur, 
they get really complex. I mean, it's melodic, but there are parts are like, well, what is he throwing in here? There's so much imagination. You being a professional bass player and it's in your blood, how would you describe the complexity and the approach that he took in his bass playing? Well, it's funny because I have been asked a few times, what did that album mean to me? And basically what McCartney meant to me as a bass player. The truth of the matter is I'm 57, so I was, I think, six years old when the White <laughs> Album came out. So I was, it didn't hit me like it hit a lot of people because I was too young. When I really started loving music and devouring it and starting to dabble and playing it, my Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band experience was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Elton John. And so I'd say that D. Murray, his bass player, influenced me as much as anybody. Mm. Now that I go back and I study what McCartney did, and I always loved, once I got the Beatles later, you know, I, of course, loved what they were doing, what Paul was doing, especially as a bass player. But I really got him as a second-generation uh, influence through D. Murray and certainly Peter Cetera. When I joined Chicago, they... They've always, you know, talked about how how much uh, how big of fans of the Beatles they are, and and certainly Satara. You listen to his bass lines. So, listening to D. Murray, and then joining Chicago and learning uh, their material, and going back into you know listening to what Satara was doing, that's classic Paul McCartney second generation. So uh, it's 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 funny. It influenced me, but not influenced me, but not directly. And now I'm going back and and really going to the source. It's incredible, as you say, to hear the complexity, the genius, and the imagination of it. And so I've always considered myself a very melodic bass player, you know. And that comes from Dean Murray, which is obviously coming from Paul McCartney first. But mm-hmm. that's uh, how it all really hit me. Yeah. Of of all the Beatles albums and songs, what would you consider to be your favorite album, and what is or are your favorite songs? You know, again, I don't, re- I haven't. This is going to sound, sounds <laughs> really like almost ignorant, because I some of many of my friends in my age and younger have just devoured that body of work. I never really dove into any album specifically. I've just heard the songs over the years and love them. I'll tell you what, I've, I was looking into Rubber Soul the other day and mm-hmm. the songs on that record. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So I have a feeling that, you know, with this tour and how much fun we're having and there's talk about doing more of it and maybe even different albums, that I'll, if, if you and I talked a year from now, I'd probably <laughs> have specific answers of, okay, this record. <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah. funny because... I get to be that little kid and and, uh, discovering music for the first time all over again right now. Well, and the fascinating thing is literally today, and and today is obviously the fifth, as we're recording for anyone listening, the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road is literally today, September 26th of 1969. Um, Have you listened much to Abbey Road? And if so, what's what's your takeaway from that album and, and its approach? Boy, you're firing the tough questions. (laughs) Um, I could say, let's hold on for a second and pull it up real quickly and go look at the song titles, but 
again, um, I haven't specifically <laughs> looked at it, but I know once I pull it up and I go, oh yeah, that's on it, that's on it, that's on it, and and find all these songs. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like an idiot. No, so, don't, don't. That's not... that. Don't at all. I mean, and there's heck, there are plenty of like all-time classic albums. I'll, I'll tell you, in my case, a lot of a lot of Dylan stuff that's always ranked really high, and I could barely tell you anything that's on there. There's one of my coworkers who's a Dylan nut would probably kill me to say <laughs> for saying that. But no, you're not alone. There's there's plenty out there, and I can tell you. You, you, when you if if you ever deep dive into Abbey Road, you're gonna love it. It's there's a lot going on there, and but in a different way from the other albums too. For a different way from the White Album, a different way from all the others. It's it's incredible the variety of music that those guys had. Well, and again, you can see uh, the Beatles' influence on Elton John too, because that diversity. When when you think of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, that's exactly what that is. So that's obviously super influenced by what the Beatles were doing. You know, if you, I know it, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I know the minute I crack open the Abbey Road um, record and go, oh, of course, this is on it, that's on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. I promise you after this phone call, I'm going to go look at it. <laughs> now, if you were to tour another album of any sort, and you mentioned Goodbye Yellow Brick Road kind of being your formative album... Would would that be the one? Is there a different one that if you could do any and perform every song start to finish, side one to side two or four, in the case of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, what what would that be? What a great question, and I think it would be. I think it would be Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and and I would be a perfect candidate to do it, because I, I, right now, and I haven't really played much of it, other than Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, I'll play sort of in a, you know, my own solo kind of sets. Um, I always pull that song out, plus a a couple other Elton songs, but I bet you I could sit down and get through most of that record Hmm. um, without much trouble, uh, because it's really my blueprint, Hmm. that album. What is the most interesting arrangement of a song you guys have worked on for for this tour of It Was 50 Years Ago Today? Let's see. Oh, there's so many. Um, probably happiness. It's a warm gun. Mm-hmm. That's such a, such a bizarre sort of arrangement. I'd say that song. Yeah. Okay. It's a, yeah. When well, it's kind of three songs in one as well. It's, it is. It, That's exactly right. And it shifts gears, and and it's really fun. Mickey sings it, and it's just really uh, <laughs> fun. I I know it's kind of a controversial topic too, because there's so much craziness going on in it. We've even talked about that, and we're just really maintaining the integrity of the album. But, um, you know, I just have to throw that out there that, uh, you know, it's uh, we're, we're maintaining the integrity of the album, uh, So, but also very sensitive to what's going on around the, the world and certainly our country right now. Absolutely. You mentioned Mickey singing... On um, on that particular tune, what do each of the of the members? What is Christopher Cross? What what is Todd Rundgren? Mickey Dolenz? What what, what are all four of the all five of you? What's kind of your addition, your ingredient that you add to this tour? Well, when they asked me what I wanted to sing, I knew that songs that I was going to gravitate toward would uh, be stuff that Christopher would want to do too. So when they said, "What do you want to sing?" and I said, "Well," 
uh, I kind of wanted to hear what everybody else w- wanted to do. And I said, no, it just, you know, just well, what is it that you want to sing? I said, okay, but just as long as when I tell you, if these are songs Christopher wants to do, send him a message, tell him that I'm not sending any kind of a message. Like, I'm doing Blackbird, dude, <laughs> no matter what. Um, so if that happens, just come come back to me and let's see. And sure enough, uh, Joey, the MD, came back and said, okay, here's Christopher's list, here's Todd's list, and is what Mickey wants to do, and I, and of course, a lot of the songs that I was leaning toward, because, you know, we have uh, softer, sweeter voices. Um, but I like I like challenging myself, doing doing harder stuff too. So I said, whatever's left, just the the, the record is so great that just just give me whatever's left. Once we get into rehearsal, and people might think, well, wait a minute, why don't why don't you do this? You know, uh, I love the songs I got. That it's actually skewed a lot more towards Lennon, mm-hmm. which you know, if anybody knows me and what I do, they would not have not have uh, thought of that. But I I love the songs that I got, and now that we're out uh, performing, the cat's out of the bag, so people know what we're doing. But I got uh, Dear Prudence, mm. which is a lot of fun to sing. Uh, I got Julia, which is a blast. Um, I got uh, um, uh, uh, Glass Onion, I've got uh, Piggies, and I've got, I can't remember (laughs) what else. Um, So I love it. I've got a lot of Lennon that I'm doing, and so there's there's an edge to it. It's pretty fun. Um, How does the overall set go? You guys have had, correct me if I'm wrong, you've had one performance thus far last week, and then you're, you're the tour really gets going a couple days from when we were recording on the 28th? Well, we have three already that we've done. Okay. Um, we've done three, and it's it, yeah, it's really starting to ramp up. You know, I, I was pretty proud of us on our first night, because um, you just, it's a lot to remember, and where we're going to stand and everything, and, and then, uh, you know, it's it just gets better every night, so... Um, can't wait to, I've, I've been to, obviously to, to Milwaukee at least 30 times <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I always love it, love it there. So yeah, it, there's a bit of playoff fever going on around that area right now. So when you come on by on October 2nd, it's very possible they're all be talking about the Brewers right now because they just clinched the playoff mm-hmm. spot last night. So they might be getting. They're not going to be. I, well, I don't know. Maybe they will be playing there. I don't know. But you'll you'll probably see a good amount of uh, of those ball and glove caps and jerseys walking around if you're in downtown Milwaukee on October second. There's going to be a lot there, for sure. Um, Great. You're. Are you doing any of your material? Are you doing any Chicago material or anything besides the White Album? Did I and did I read correctly that there are other songs by the artists in, involved that are going to be performed uh, in addition to the White Album on, on in each concert? Absolutely. We we play a short set of, of songs from the White Album and then go into this really fun uh, little mini set of each guy doing two of their biggest hits. And so it's pretty spectacular, you know, to hear uh, who starts. I think Mickey starts with two huge monkeys hits uh joey mullen comes up two great bad finger hits uh i go up i do hard to say i'm sorry in 25 or six to four mm-hmm. 
Uh, Todd comes up, put, sings two of his biggest, you know, hits, and then Christopher Cross finishes up with his two biggest hits. So it's it's really a great experience because people are getting a taste of the White Album. Then we go into songs that they know us from, and then we go back in and, and complete the night with White Album. And so it's a, it's a, a good combination. Being with these folks who have had, and you mentioned uh, before, the associations with the Beatles, with with some of the others. I mean, of course, Joey having been in Bad Finger and getting the break with through through McCartney. Of course, what Mickey Dolenz had, had experienced going over in the Sgt. Pepper sessions and kind of back and forth. Are you are you hearing stories? Are those kind of still to come as you as you've been working and kind of getting the history of folks who actually would have worked with and talked with some of these guys as you've been going through uh, the rehearsals and getting into this tour? Well, we didn't really have a lot of time during rehearsals because we just had so much to cover. Uh, but we were, we've had some good bus rides so far, and Joey's been great telling stories of, of how it all happened with Bad Finger and Apple Records. And he was, in fact, we were just having lunch downstairs, and he was talking about uh, they were asked to play, the rhythm section was asked to play on the, I think, the, the Imagine album. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he said they played on one cut. Uh, and then he was talking about, I think they, I think, I hope I'm right about this, but I think they went over to the Bangladesh concert. I think he was saying so. If he, if he didn't, I miss misunderstood but yeah the stories are really starting to come out and um you know i haven't had a chance to really pick todd's brain because we've been just so busy just getting this thing up and running but i did mention i uh i get to introduce him because he he fought he he comes up after me actually he plays guitar with me on 25 or 64 which and sings background vocals that is such a <laughs> a treat for me you know i'm sitting there look over to my left there's Todd Rundgren he's just drilling it playing great guitar and singing the harmony part with me and then I get to introduce him and so a couple nights ago and I didn't tell him this but I said you know this next guy is one of the original self-contained play all the instruments artists who influenced a lot of others to do the same thing but when he did want to go out and kind of tap some of the incredible talent that's out there He's smart enough to know to have called my father to come and play on two tracks on his second album, Barry <laughs> Show. And I, I surprised him. He goes, whoa, it's trivia time, Jason. <laughs> and uh, he told me later, he goes, why didn't you tell me that? I said, I was waiting to do it in public. Nice. Very nice. You got time for one more question before I let you go? Whatever you need, buddy. Okay, so going down the road, and I was listening to a podcast you had done over the summer. You were talking about upcoming projects, one involving Arnell Panetta from Journey and some others. Tell us about what's next on the agenda for you after the It Was 50 Years Ago Today tour is wrapped up. Well, I have finished a, a solo record that basically is on the heels of Chicago 30. Jay DeMarcus of Rascal Flats. Uh, I became friends with about 18 years ago, and so our work during those years from 2002 leading up to about 2000, I think, five or six, when Chicago had an opportunity to make a record again, uh, the uh, 
the tipping point was Jay DeMarcus and Rascal Flat. So that got us into the studio to to uh, record Chicago 30. And right after that, Jay said, let's, let's do a solo record on you. And so we started one all those years ago. And then I just kind of put it down because I was just so busy. And then um, Jay really started talking about, let's get back into that and, and take a look at it. So we, we, about a year ago, we really dove back into it and saw we had a handful of really great things recorded. We went in and finished it and recorded some, some new stuff and finished the record, and uh, that's coming out in November. And Jay started beating the bush, bushes, um, you know, just talking to some agents and, uh, and people that might want to just look at me on limited uh, date basis to go out and play some, some shows. And uh, that's when this White Album thing came to me through an agent and said, hey, there's, there's this thing happening, you're looking for a bass player things, which, Jason be interested in it and I heard who it was and I said absolutely so this is a great you know thing to just get out and do for a little bit and then my record's coming out um, in November and I've been talking to um, Arnell about doing some dates over in, in the Philippines and maybe Southeast Asia early next year uh, I'm going to be doing a cruise the 70s rock and romance cruise um, in February and Funny enough, Todd Rundgren is, is another um, solo artist, headliner on that. So Todd and I have, have worked on this, and then we'll see you on the cruise. And, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm, a few years ago, you know, it's, it's no secret that my, you know, I had some family health issues, and I and, uh, was graciously allowed to come home and deal with that. And so I've really been focusing on that over the last few years, and, and then all of a sudden, like I said a year ago, Jay just kept saying, "Come on, man, let's look at this record." So, I love being able to stay close to home enough and uh, not uh, not have them fending for themselves mm -hmm. these days because we've been through a lot, a lot of loss in the last mm -hmm. few years, um, family. Mm -hmm. so. Well. It'll be good to hear your voice again on 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 recordings, and that you're in probably one of the more enviable enviable positions for pop and rock fans getting to perform with these guys and all the connections on. It was 50 years ago today. The tour just kind of gotten going and a whole lot more dates to come, including in Milwaukee, October 2nd. Jason, I'm glad we were able to connect and thank you so much for taking time to chat today. Have fun on the tour. Enjoy Milwaukee when you come on here, come on by here, and all the best going down the road. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Yeah, when I said I, I envy his position, a lot of us would envy his position. I mean that. That that must be fascinating, getting to hear those stories with people who were right there with the Beatles back when they were still the Beatles. Jason Chef on tour with It Was 50 Years Ago Today. If you want to learn more about that show, in particular that tour, a tribute to the Beatles' White Album, you can go to flowerpowerconcerts.com. That's flowerpowerconcerts.com, and you'll see the link on the side of the page that goes to It Was 50 Years Ago Today that has a whole lot of ticket stops and, and, and ways to buy tickets as well. If you want to learn more about Jason Chef, go to jasonchef.com. That's S-C-H-E-F-F, jasonchef.com. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Of course, you can subscribe at Apple, Android, listen to us on Spotify, listen to the podcast on Stitcher as well. 
Make sure you subscribe so you get the latest episodes once they come in. Make sure you rate up the podcast so more people learn about it, and we hopefully get more and more interviews. Thanks, as always, to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and Midwest Family Eau Claire for providing the studios that in which I can do these interviews. Got time for a quick story? I'm Luke Anthony.